Let's go, folks. Time for the Gibby Show. Hey, Dune Baseball fans, and welcome to another edition of the Gibby Show presented by Miller Lite, the official beer of Major League Baseball and the Gibby Show. I'm John Arizzi, and joining me, the two-time manager of the Toronto Blue Jays, a member of the 1986 world champion New York Mets, number one best-selling author, the voice of Gibby, Tales of a Baseball Lifer, the new audiobook that's available everywhere. He's back from Toronto and back into the hot summer heat of San Antonio and uh, chasing snakes, from what I understand. Uh, the man who always tells it like it is, the baseball lifer himself, John Gibbons. Gibby, how's everything in San Antonio? Have you had a couple of adventures since you've been back? Oh, gosh. You know what? I don't know. Yeah, there's, there's – you know, I live kind of out in the woods a little bit. You know, it's kind of a, a, a neighborhood out in the woods. And I'm, I'm surprised I haven't seen more snakes than I have actually have. I'm, I've, I said that to my wife not too long ago. And sure enough, the guy behind me, lives right behind me, sent me this video. He goes, hey, look what I almost stepped on today. I'm going, you got to be kidding me, man. Because, you know, sometimes – you know, you're out, out there in dark when it's dark out, and it's like, dang. So, so South Texas, you know what? There's a, as much as we love it down here, we say we love. It, there's a lot of things that uh, make you want to move. What kind of snake was it? Because you did post something up on your social media. I mean, uh, there was somebody that was brought out to get this thing. What was it? Yeah, it was a diamondback rattlesnake, big old boy too. Oh yeah, and it would have done some damage, you know. Yeah, you don't want to I told the guy, what if you, you try mowing the grass in your backyard, you might, you might, uh, they may not hang around there. So anyway, keep, uh, keep Waylon and Willie away from them uh, rattlesnakes, will you? <laughs> <laughs> but it's good to be back. I tell you, I had a tremendous time up in Toronto. Great ceremony. Obviously, we talked about that before. And in, in the, uh, I don't think they have snakes up there, though. I like that. No, no, I'm sure they don't. But uh, it was another hot week in baseball. The pennant race is heating up, and each game becomes more important for the teams chasing their chances at postseason play. That, of course, includes the Blue Jays, who stumbled a bit in the standings and are now neck and neck with Seattle and Houston, if you take a look at that, in that last wild card spot and that second wild card spot. It's really heating up. So we're going to go into all of that on today's show. We have a great dabbing with Gibby, brought to you by Tim Hortons. Uh, Exciting one. Jay's rookie sensation, Davis Schneider, will join us. And inspired by Miller Lite, we'll have our weekly roast and toast. So, Gibby, let's get right into the leadoff. The Jays lost their lead in the AL East wildcard race this week as Seattle uh, has not lost a game since our last taping. They've won six in a row, and they sweep Houston. Uh, so the Jays were three and two with a couple of off days, uh, splitting the series with the Phillies, winning two or three from Cincinnati. And it's over the next two weeks. Uh, you know, the, these teams are out there battling. Uh, Toronto goes to Baltimore, then they play Cleveland, and then their schedule softens up a little bit. But when you're looking at this point at the season, and the first question I got is this, scoreboard watching is prevalent right now at this time of the season. Um, do teams take notice of not just what's going on day to day, but do they kind of look at what's going on in the next week or so uh, when you're looking at a schedule? Uh, and uh, did you do that when you were managing as well? Oh, you betcha. You know, some guys, some people say, you know, I start looking at that scoreboard, you know, from the, from the get go, you know, it's it just kind of, you know, when you're a baseball fan, you kind of look at there, you, you understand that what happens in April, you know, it's, it's too early to 
although it, can, it could affect you in the end. But you, you just get caught up in what your teams you're, you're competing against are doing. And, uh, but now, now it's, it's on uh, all, all the way, you know, and, and uh, everybody's watching. I guarantee the managers, they're looking up there to see, see what Seattle's doing and Seattle's looking at see what the Blue Jays. And, but, it's, it, you know, it's really, really kind of a, the beginning of this week is kind of a, 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 not cru- crucial, well, kind of crucial, but, you know, Boston, Boston's, you know, they, they, the Blue Jays swept them and they somehow hung around, right? Yeah. Uh, I don't think they're good enough to do it, but they, I don't think they have the pitching, but they, they swing it. But they're down in Houston for four, I believe it is, right? And they're, you know, and, and Houston's got, just got swept, like you said, by Seattle. Yep. So, you know, they're, they're not, they're not locked into that place. They could disappear and they could get knocked out, right? And then, uh, of course, the Blue Jays are playing in this year's nemesis, Baltimore. Yeah. You know, they need to, they got, they got a chance to, uh, you know, do something. They need to beat them, put it that way. And then, but then Seattle goes off to Chicago. There's no guaranteed wins, but they got the lightest bunch, you know. But it, I, I find it hard to believe that Seattle is not going to maintain that pace. I would be very shocked. It's too, it's too difficult, you know. Never say never, but uh, somebody can pick up some ground. And naturally, when Houston's playing, um, you know, Boston, and then uh, you know somebody's got, somebody's going to lose ground. Even Toronto goes in there and knocks off Baltimore. Who knows? You know, Tampa could sneak sneak even closer to the division lead. So it's really beautiful. That's what's beautiful about baseball, man, in these wild cards. Yeah, the way it's shaping up, it looks to be uh, probably the most exciting September that we've seen in quite some time. Because if you look at the wild card, uh, you have uh, you have all the teams are really in contention for the, even that top spot. The Rays have a five-game lead overall, but then it's the Astros. Uh, and the Mariners and the Jays and the Red Sox, as you said, they just finished a sweep of the Yankees. The Yankees are finished. I mean, they're, they've lost eight in a row, first time since 1995. That franchise has sunk in the way they have. But this September is going to be very exciting because of all the, the new wild card set up. You know, last year was the first time. But this year, these races are even more tighter than they were last year, John. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a great finish. There's no doubt. But that's that's kind of what baseball envisioned, you know, when they when they put all this wild card together. You know, you look at the other sports, you know, hockey, basketball, and things like that. And, you know, when more teams were getting in it, and, you, and it's like, wow, it did wonders for those sports, right? And the fan bases in baseball, you know, for the longest time, unless you won your division, you know, and then so a lot of teams were out of it so early. It's really it, they've achieved their goal there, and um, you know, and, and that, that's uh, that's what drives up the interest. Yeah, and attendance is up everywhere, too. So it's not like anybody's not drawing. I mean, teams are drawing. Uh, people are enjoying the games, and it's going to be a wonderful finish to this season. But uh, big news for the Jays this week, too. Bo Bichette came back from his injury and uh, picked up where he left off. Um, it was really interesting, some of the comments that he made. Uh, he came back, and he said he's coming back, that he wants the Jays to uh, be fearless and play fearlessly. Uh, is Bo now officially the team's leader and face of the franchise, John? You know, I don't know if he's a team the team leader. I, you know, I think I, I got to believe they got. There's a few of them in there. You know, with uh, Springer being one, Belt being another one, uh, Bassett. You know, those Gosman, those veteran guys. They just they just seem like I, I have no idea. They, you know, but to me, those guys are, are, are leaders themselves. You know, but Bo is naturally the guy. He is. You know, he's up there with Vladdy, you know, the face of the franchise. You know, obviously he's having a better year than Vladdy, but that, you know, they're going to be, they should be a duo for a long time there, right? Um, 
So uh, I, you know, I, I like it that he comes out and says that, you know. Um, a lot of confidence. Yeah, you know, that's good. You know, I'll be honest with you, but when I watch the team play, it doesn't look like they panic or fear. Their, or their, their, uh, but, you know, he would know what's going on in that clubhouse. And I think it's uh, it's good to see him step up. You know, it is key that he's back, though. There's no, there's no doubt about it, you know, and he's um, one of the best players in the league. Um, so they, they dodged a bullet there with uh, that knee injury. Yeah, they did. Absolutely. And uh, the guy that they picked up as a backup is kind of insurance uh, at the at the trade deadline uh, from St. Louis, Paul DeYoung, uh, giving up a minor league prospect for DeYoung and uh, a big move this week. They surprised a lot of people. And I'm going to ask you if it surprised you as well. They DFA'd DeYoung. So after just three weeks, he's gone. Now, did that move surprise you in any way, John? Yes, it definitely did. I figured, you know, um, but I think it was a great move on the Blue Jays' part, you know, because, you know, most of the time what happens, you know, you know, I don't know how all the money, the, all that stuff lines up, but you acquire a guy, and if he's making decent money, you know, it's it's hard to just eat that, you know, especially that's just a, that's just a reality of the game, right? But the key is our special guest today, David Schneider, has been very productive. And uh, I tip my hat to the Blue Jays, the front office, for recognizing, hey, this guy can help us more than the other guy. And sometimes, you know, you you, you take the hit if it's if, if money's involved because your team's better. That's that's all that uh, that's all they want. Now, the young man, if he played better, I mean, he didn't hit much. Um, you know, he's been a solid major league player, but yeah. you got to go with your best team right now. There's no doubt about it. And so, like I said, I salute them for. Uh, keeping Davis, I guarantee you Davis. You know, we'll ask him about it. But I guess he, I guarantee he was a little bit nervous when he, when he knew Bo was coming back because because normally he would have been the odd man out in most situations. That's just the way the game works. And the roster doesn't expand till September, so uh, yeah, that'll be an interesting uh, topic to bring up with uh, uh, with our guests coming up. You are listening to the Gibby Show presented by our friends at Miller Lite. And as the official beer of the MLB, Miller Lite wants to send you to the World Series. For the month of August, visit your local Canadian brew house for a Miller Lite and enter for your chance to win a VIP experience to this year's World Series. All you got to do is visit www.millerlite.ca forward slash 2023 World Series contest. For more information, good luck and enjoy that Miller Lite. Hey, that's going to be a big promotion, man. There's no doubt. You know, you get a chance to go to the World Series. Are we eligible to? Uh, no. No, because they're our sponsor, we're not eligible. But well, they did give you a t shirt. You got a couple jackets. So, I mean, you know, you got plenty yeah, of people love their jackets, man. Yeah, enter that contest. It's going to be a good one. You could go to the World Series. Uh, finally, on the leadoff, uh, the Alec Manoa saga continues after uh, being optioned the AAA Buffalo on August 11th. Manoa remains in Toronto. Uh, the Jays are trying to have, find the right time for him physically in terms of delivery, from what they're saying, uh, and that will determine when he will pitch again. So it doesn't sound like he's even ready to get back on the mound, whether it's for Buffalo or Toronto. And with the Jays current five man rotation excelling, does it sound like the Jays don't know exactly what to do with Manoa at this point, Gibby? 
No, I, no, I don't think that's the case. But it's it's, it's kind of strange, you know. If I figure, well, you know, when they sent him down the other day, he goes there and he got his three days to report, and he goes and pitches and and um, works his way back. But it, it sounds to me like maybe maybe he's injured or maybe he's, he's hanging or something like that because, you know, he, he usually may, maybe came to him and said, "Listen, I'm this is what's going on," and then they can't send him down, right? You yeah. Know, and, uh, but yeah, I think it's probably it's a little bit of a mystery to everybody. But they'll figure it out. But, uh, you know, September's not too far away when they can expand rosters. That's why what right. makes it even more surprising because, he, you know, he needs to be down somewhere. If he's healthy, pitching, maybe he can come back up and help him one way or the other. But, um, yeah, a little bit odd. I think it probably caught everybody off guard. And uh key is that you do the right thing for the kid and, and the organization. You know, this, I mean, every, everybody, you know, everybody plays a part in it. But, you know, you, you got to you gotta do what's best for both worlds, too. And, and um uh, but it's, it's, I'm I'm surprised by it. Yeah, well, it's uh, you know obviously you got to do what's right long term for Alec Manoa, and uh, fortunately in this situation for the Jays, they got a solid uh, five man rotation. I mean, with Ryu coming back and performing the way he has, uh, they could take their time and have extra care when it comes to Manoa. Yeah, he'll be back. There's no, there's no doubt about it. You know, we talked to Pete Walker last year. He liked everything he's seen, and he's seen plenty of them. Yeah. You know, she's gonna, he's, he's gonna, this is going to be one of those years he's just going to want to wash it off and move Turn on. And, and more. Yeah. You know, you know when he, was, he made the league look so easy last year, you know, and, and professional baseball at the highest level is not that easy. Nope. And, uh, you know, sometimes you get knocked down, and, and he's the kind of guy he'll get up. Yeah, it's not the first time it's happened. It won't be the last, but uh, the long-term future of uh, Alec Manoa is still very, very bright, and uh, we just wish him the best and have him come back when uh, he's ready to, and we'll take it from there. But uh, that will wrap up uh, the leadoff, Gibby, and now it's time for Gabbing with Gibby, brought to you by Tim Hortons. Have you tried the new smoky honey bacon breakfast sandwiches from Tim's yet? Sweet and savory glaze, new double smoked bacon, and a freshly cracked Canadian egg. They're delicious. They're a twist on your breakfast faves. Try one at participating Tim Hortons restaurants in Canada for a limited time. And Gibby, I think you went to several locations in various parts of Canada to get your breakfast sandwiches while you were up there. That's right. I had my first one out in Vancouver, and then I was in Toronto the other day, and I had one there. Really good. Well, I, don't, I'm, I don't know why I had a limited supply. I'm limited, uh, I figured that was a staple that would be there forever. I hope it is. Our friends at Tim Hortons always providing wonderful stuff for everyone out there. Tremendous. Today on Gabbing with Gibby, brought to you by Tim Hortons, we bring on one of the newest members of the Blue Jays, who's already made a big impact on the team. He was the first player in Major League Baseball history to collect nine hits and two homers in his first three games, a record that was held since 1901. Oh, and he hit a home run in his first at bat in the majors. He also hit the game-winning home run this past Saturday against the Reds. It's a pleasure to bring on Davis Schneider to Gabbing with Gibby. Davis, nice to meet you. Thanks for having me. I appreciate you having me on. Hey, Davis. Hey, you know, I spent a lot of years in Toronto, you know, and um, got to manage a bunch of 
you know, guys come and go. There's something different about you, man. You know, you got a tremendous story. We're going to get into that a little bit here. Um, it just really just says says a lot about you. And the, the fact that you took some time off, you guys don't get many off days. We appreciate you coming on here. And then, yeah, of course. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And you head down to Baltimore, big series down there. We're, it's it's uh, like we like to say, nut cutting time, you know, that time of the year where, you know, you guys are right, right in the middle of all this. And uh, it's the most exciting time of baseball. You agree? Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's my first time kind of being into the, like the wild card race or trying to make the playoffs. But, um, you know, it's crunch time, middle of August. So every game matters. I mean, every game matters during the season, but this is where, you know, uh, the big games are played. So you just got to go out there and try to compete. Hey, hey, talk about getting thrown into the fire. It's not like you're you're getting called up and the team's bad, you know, and you're like yeah. below five. You get you get thrown right into the pennant race, and you you uh, you're stepping up. You know and that's not easy to do. You know, I mean, it's uh, I don't care how talented you are when you you come up from the minor leagues from that first for that first time because I've I've witnessed it. Different guys, right? It's not it's not that easy, right? But I, obviously, you're a very mature guy. A very mature player. There's no doubt about it. And you know what? You're the kind of guy. You, you obviously keep your your emotions under control. You're able to focus. Not only did you when you debut, you had that tremendous start, but you did it in Fenway Park, man. And that that used to be my all time favorite park to go to. But there's there's pressure there, man. There, there are people are breathing on you. Describe that a little bit when you got the when you got the call and they told you in that in AAA you're going up. Yeah, I mean. <clears throat> My manager told me, he pulled me into his office. He kind of told me a little bit of story, just kind of throw me off the loop that I was going up. And um, when I got to Boston, I remember Pete Walker came up to me like before the game was even started, before my first game. And he was like, we're all counting on you, so you better do good out here. <laughs> Obviously, he was joking, you know, but it was just funny the way he said it. And um, I think everything leading up before the game was more nerve wracking for me personally, you know, like the media, like everything else but um like the actual game when you step foot on the field and you're playing with those guys it they make it easier just to go out there and just try to win because you know i played this game for 20 years and you know once you step foot on the field it's kind of just you know like not like clockwork but you're just kind of used to it at that point it's just like any other game the ball the every the bases are 90 feet pitcher 60 feet away so you're just used to it at that point obviously there's more fans and it's a little bit louder but you know, you kind of have to zone that out at some point. Well, but you get you obviously you you could tell you're prepared. You know, we were watching that game and uh, and I was and I was thinking, gosh, this isn't this isn't an easy spot for this kid, right? You know, it's, but <laughs> but the, if, hey, Pete, Petey and I are great friends. Pete Walker, that's the problem. Pete, I, I figured he'd be getting rubbing your shoulders, getting you relaxed. He's dying. He wants he wants those runs for their pitchers. You know, he's he those are his boys, man. He wants. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, that's the way he said it. I was like, damn, I I got. I I got to do pretty well here or I'm going back down. But um, it was just funny the way he told me before the game. Obviously, he was joking. But then he said that um, before game two and the game three in Boston. So, like, it kind of worked out those three games, you know. Uh, That's awesome. Johnny, what do you got for him, Johnny? Well, uh, I mean, after that first series against Boston, I mean, what a tremendous way to break into the game in the majors. Uh, Did you wake up on Monday and ask yourself, what in the heck just happened to me? And how do I top this? Yeah, I mean, like I said, I didn't think it's I don't think it's gonna hit me yet until after the season's done where like everything's kinda calmed down and everything like that. But I mean it's a pretty cool feeling, you know, to go onto that plane ride knowing what you did, sweep in Boston, you know, making my first big big league appearance. But um 
you know, those group of guys in the clubhouse, you know, they make it easier to go out there. Like they're all relaxed. They want to win. And they kind of like accepted me, uh, like from the start, you know, they didn't they really were, make me feel they were like calling you like babe. They were calling yeah, you was, babe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Bell, Bell, Bell put that nickname on me. A lot of pressure, but, um, you know, yeah. this is a fun group of guys, you know, they make it easier to go out there and play just because they're just so relaxed. They like to have fun. They want to win. So when you combine those two things, it's, it's a, it's a good ball club. I heard a good story. I mean, after your debut on Friday uh, and you did so well, uh, and then you get to the park, you get to Fenway on Saturday and you take a look at the lineup card. And I guess you looked right at the bottom of the lineup card to see where you would be if you were in the game. So tell us what happened when you saw that lineup card and, and uh, what your reaction was when you eventually saw where you were hitting that day. Yeah, it was the third game where I was batting third. I think I third think it was game. Sunday. Okay. Yeah, it was Sunday. And um, they sent out the lineup the night before. And I was checking and, you know, like the nine hole, seven hole, eight hole. I was like, damn, I'm not playing. <laughs> and then I didn't see my name like on the position players for the game. And I was like, maybe I am. And maybe I'm batting like fifth. And then I saw my name batting third. And I saw Vladdy wasn't playing. I was like, damn, that's, this is pretty crazy. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, all right. I guess I got to do well today, you know? But it was, it was just funny because I the first thing I looked at was like the seven or eight hole. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I guess I'm not playing. <laughs> yeah, spe- speaking of that type of stuff, I mean, do you actually know, do you sit down with Schneider, does he, uh, with John Schneider, does he sit down with you and say, all right, you, you'll be playing maybe X amount of games this week or is it a day-to-day thing? Uh, what's that uh, process like for you at this stage? Um, He sat me down the first game when I got there kind of tell me what my role is um like i'm primarily against lefties because we have three four or five guys in the lineup that are lefties so like when there's a lefty throwing maybe i'll uh, uh, spot start here and there but um you know i mean whenever my name's called i'm just going to be ready whether that's three games in a row one game at five whatever it is you know i'm always going to be prepared no matter what the situation is whether it's a pinch hit or something like that so i mean these are these are talented guys on this team so there's a lot of a lot of there's not that much room to, you know, kind of wiggle with. So you just got to wait your turn, and go out there and just try your best. Absolutely. Hey, I tell you one thing, you keep, hey, you keep producing big boy. There'll be plenty of opportunities. Unfortunately. <laughs> but let's talk a little bit about your career. Cause it, I guess at one point it wasn't too long ago. You were thinking about hanging them up. You know, you were drafted in the, was it 28th round? Yeah. 28th. Yep. Okay. So that automatically tells you, you know, you're looking for an opportunity, but you're 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 not going to get anything handed to you, right? You're going to have to earn everything. Yeah. That's just that's just the way the game works, right? Bottom line, you get to the big leagues and you 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 know you reach your dreams and your goals. That's all that matters is the opportunity. But I was looking over your statistics, and you know what you you didn't get many opportunities or many at bats in the, in the, your early years in the minor leagues. Really, up until 21 or was it 20, last year that that you finally got a a full slate of at bats. But every year, though, you know, the big numbers that we look at in baseball now, the OPS, you, you're always above average and getting on base, right? And your slugging's always above average, but yet you weren't getting the at-bats. And there came a time that you thought, you know, I, I, I've had an – or is the writing on the wall? Is that is that what happened to you? Yeah, I mean, I always thought I was good enough or, you know, better than the guys that, you know, that were playing over me. And I'm not saying they were they weren't like good enough or anything like that. But I always thought I was talented enough to be playing over them and stuff like that. But, you know, guys signed for a lot of money or just more money than me. So they got to be priority number one, which is, I get it, you know, just the way it is, just the way baseball is. And there's a lot of money in this game that they they just got to play. 
And so, yeah, in 21, it was kind of the same situation. It was like my first full season. I always played a um, short season, so it was only like 60 games, and 21 was my first full season. And there was just – especially after COVID, it was, it was a lot of backed up. There was a lot of guys who right. kind of missed the season, and so there was a lot of guys that in, in high A in 21. And so I was playing once a week. And when I did get in there, I was not the best, especially the start. I, was, I went over and then – would have to wait a week to play again, which kind of sucked mentally, you know, going out there just saying, if I don't get a hit today, I'm not going to play, you know, like that. So that kind of sucked. But I mean, yeah, it was probably middle of June. I was batting a hundred and I was like, I think I'm done. I mean, I really don't see a future. I mean, I'm not playing every day. There's, I don't think I'm a priority in this organization anymore. So I texted my buddy and was telling him I might hang it up. And he was just like, dude, just, just stick it out. I mean, if I was there, I would, it wouldn't matter if I was playing or not. I just wanted to be around the, those guys. And so that kind of just helped me just mentally just, all right, it's, it's, it's better than doing nothing. So I stuck it out, thankfully. And then next year, I went back to high A, but they told me, you know, just go back to high A, you're going to get more playing time. And I was like, I was okay with that. I just wanted to be playing every day. And, you know, I had a good season last year. And then I went to AAA last year. And then this year I started out in AAA and then, you know, I did well. So it just, baseball's a funny game. You can be at the lowest or you can be at the all time high, but you know, it always finds a way to even it out at some point. Yeah. I think, you know what, Hey, that's admirable. You know, the fact that, Hey, I, I've been, I've been through a lot of that, been in the minor leagues, the ups and down. I couldn't, you know, I couldn't stick in the big leagues. And, and when I, when I got chance, I wasn't very good. You know, I didn't play very well. And there's been many a times that I thought, I've had enough of this, man. This is this is this is, this is difficult. I got my my life's moving on. What am I going to do? And it finally got to the point. I I decided to shut it down. But you know what? Hey, I, I tip my hat to you, man. You know, because because look at you. You got to where you want to be right now by by sticking it out, and that's not easy. You know, it really isn't because a great baseball career is a short career in in, her, in lifespan anyway. You know. Yeah. So now I was also reading something about you you, you your approach at the plate. Right? Is that something that uh, you started narrowing some things down is it because uh go ahead tell me tell me what uh what without giving away state secrets <laughs> i mean well everyone knows i i struggle with the high fastball i mean that's just the way it is just the way my swing works and you know my uh i'm just a low ball hitter like everyone has their their holes but right. uh, i i know what i can do at the play i can pull the ball in the air effectively like i'm not a ground ball guy and so as a, me as a hitter i'm looking for that one pitch i can really do damage on unless I have two strikes. like So early in the count, I'm not trying to hit a single or a bloop or something like that. I'm trying to do damage, extra base hit, trying to hit something over the fence, something hard anywhere, basically. And so if it's not that pitch, I'm going to take it, whether it's a ball over or a ball down or something like that. I'm very selective when it comes to early. And that's why I walk a lot and why I kind of have not a lot of Ks, but I strike out occasionally just because I'm very passive earlier in the count just because I want to get that pitch where I can do damage on. And so, I mean, I believe I have a good eye at the plate. And so, I mean, and if you just combine those things, then good things happen, in my opinion. Just knowing what you can do as a hitter is very big at the plate because I'm not a guy who can just shoot the ball the other way on command. Bo does that like it's clockwork. Like he is amazing at that. And so I'm a guy who wants to try to hit the ball in the air pool side. And so I just got to wait for that pitch because the pitcher is going to make a mistake eventually. But if he doesn't, then he's got to tip your cap sometimes, you know? Hey, you know what, Davis, the, 
what I found, all good hitters and all the great hitters, the guys that, that play this game a long time, one thing they have in common, they they go up they go up there with a plan, right? Yeah. Because there's too too many guys, and it, I was in fit in this boat. You go up there trying to hit everything, right? And you're like, so that's impossible. There's no way you can do it. But you figure it out. Your your hole is up up there in the zone, and that's kind of where the game was, was starting to go. That pitchers like to throw up there now. But you had you're smart enough, and you had the discipline to go. No, nah, that's that's not what I, I'm going to wait my on my pitch. And you know, and then you, of course it ups your walks and everything like that. But the great ones all have a plan. You know, you know, Cito Gaston, Cito managed in the Blue Jays, and they won the World Series. He's also known as one of the uh, best hitting guys around, right? He, and he was he started out as a hitting coach in Toronto, but he we were both at that ceremony for Batista over the weekend, and we were talking uh, while the game was going on. We we're sitting up in the, one of the uh, press boxes, that, and it, it, it's funny. He he would he brought up we were talking about some some of the great players he had, and he said the first thing he would always ask him is this: What do you want to hit? You know, and and, and some some of them. Uh, they didn't have an answer, right? And then some of some of them did, and that's kind of where he would start. He said, "You're not going to hit them all. Try to narrow it in, figure out what you want." And and it's it's amazing. Then then when I saw when I saw that your story on, see, for a young kid, you're very advanced, and that's the key right here. Would you not say the mind is everything in hitting? You yeah, agree? for sure. I mean, Belt Belt sat me down the day mm-hmm. I hit the homer, and he was like. I love your approach. Just keep it. Don't try, don't change anything. Your approach works here. And that kind of just put more confidence in me to like, okay, I, I can compete here. Um, I belong here. And so when he said that to me, I was like, all right. I mean, that's a boost of confidence right there. Cause he's been one of the best hitters. He, he played this game for a long time. He, he knows what he does in his game that works very well. So having him tell me that was kind of a boost of confidence, you know? And he's like, the he's like the, Belty, he's a winning player, winning type player. You know, he yeah. put those you said. You know, there's a di- there's a difference. Some guys are just players that win. You know, some are just you know, you know what I mean. So, Johnny, what else you got? We got we can't keep it too long, man. He's just spending his off day with us. Nah, don't worry about it. I mean, my up parents the, are doing no, it anyway. Up in nah, the Jersey Shore. Sure. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what I was going to talk to him about. I mean, uh, you grew up in uh, South Jersey, uh, attended uh, Eastern Regional High School, uh, I guess in Voorhees Township. Uh, so uh, I was going to ask you, uh, who would you root for growing up? I was a big-time Phillies fan. I wasn't a, a diehard. You know, I was more of a baseball fan. I mean, I just like players. I mean, um, I, mean I grew up a Mike Trout fan He from, like, 25 minutes from me, so he was my favorite player oh. growing up. You know, watching him, a South Jersey guy, kind of do his own thing in the MLB, it was kind of inspiring. But, you know, I, I was a Phillies fan. I liked Jimmy Rollins, Chase Sutley, Brian Howard, Roy Holiday, all those guys, you know. It was that was a good ball club to root for. So I mean, I, I mean, I kind of got lucky because those were a lot of good players on the Phillies back then. You know. Well, I mean, uh, there's some great teams, and of course, uh, uh, you know, they the Phillies uh, have been just so competitive every year, and they always surprise you. And look what they did last year. But now, uh, yeah, now it would be an interesting uh, World Series if you guys uh, would face the uh, the Phillies this year in the World Series. That would be a good matchup. That would be pretty I good. I know. A lot of my buddies said that. They're like, who, who am I going to root for? I mean, they want me to do well or the Phillies to win. So, like, they were just saying, obviously, they were they want the Phillies to win, but they want – they're like, oh, it's going to be a tough, tough thing to root for now. Well, it's going to be an exciting – uh, it's going to be an exciting uh, end of the season. I mean, you're in the thick yeah. of a pennant race, and 
can you just kind of talk about now that you're in the thick of things, uh, some of the guys that you've gotten close to in the majors over the last month, you know, who's kind of mentoring you, you mentioned uh, belt of course, but uh, what is that sense of a guy like a young guy getting into this and seeing this, this pageantry, you were there for the Batista ceremony. So what's this first month in the big leagues been for you? Yeah, it's been pretty crazy. I mean, all these guys that are on this team now, I mean, they're veterans. They're, they had crazy good careers. I mean, Witt, Bell, Bassett, Gosman, all these guys. I mean, they've been, they've been around the game a long time. So they have a lot of knowledge to kind of give out. So, I, I mean, I pick their brains. I try not to ask too many questions to them because they probably are just kind of sick of it. But, um, you know, they're, everyone's kind of been nice to me. As soon as I got there, you know, they all congratulated me. But once I got there, you know, they kind of just made me feel part of the team right away, which is great because, you know, I was very nervous. I was new. And so having that kind of made me feel a little bit more um, calm. And so, I mean, Wit, Bassett, all those guys, they, I, like I said, I pick their uh, brains kind of almost every day and, you know, they're, uh, they know a lot of knowledge of the game. And so it's a very good team to be around just because they have a lot of experience. Yeah. yeah, I got uh, I got one last thing. Obviously, there's a lot of belief in you from the front office on down. And it really was evident uh, this past week. I mean, the uh, uh, the Jay signed uh, Paul DeYoung as backup for Bo when Bo was out with the injury. Mm-hmm. And uh, they had a decision to make this week. What do you do? And uh, DeYoung was DFA'd. So, I mean, uh, do you have any thoughts or that you could have been sent down or, but he was the one that was DFA'd? I mean, that's, that's a, that's a, that's a lot of belief in what you're doing and what you can do for the Toronto Blue Jays. Yeah. I mean, if I'm being honest, I, I thought I was going to be the one sent down, you know, just because I was the new guy, you know, last man in, first man out kind of type of deal. And so, which I get, if that happened, I, I get it just because, you know, I'm, um, I was, like I said, I was the new guy. So, you know, they just got to make what the, the best decision for the team is. So, I mean, it was kind of not, um, what was the word? It was kind of, um, kind of relief at that point when that happened, just because, okay, now, all right, let's, now I can kind of not worry about it. Obviously, you know, there's still, they can still make moves and stuff like that. They can call people up, send people down, but you know, having that happen, was kind of a, you know, load off my back, load off my shoulders a little bit, you know? Yeah. 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 Well, Davis, like I, said, I, tell I you thought what, it was me at that point. Yeah. You, but the key, Hey, if you weren't being productive, I guarantee it would have been you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah. <laughs> but you, but, that's but, hey, but bottom line, but that's, you know, that's what the, the, the this game's, and had going on to have a nice career. It's like, you know what? You get the opportunity, then you got to do something with it. And that's, and that doesn't, and I'll tell you what, the role you're feeling now is not easy. And you're, you know, cause you, you know, the, you, you, you played all three games right out the bat. Right. And the, and then now, you know, you're going to be like, a, a, uh, you're going to get the lefties and all that. Obviously there's not, there's not as many lefties as righties, but so that's, that's not an easy role, especially for a young kid, but you, you just listening to you, you can tell you can handle that. And you're going to take advantage of it. Heck, big home run the other night to win in uh, the difference making run in Cincinnati like that. Wow, you know what they could they? Uh, I guarantee you, 
they they just couldn't they couldn't send you down. They, they, there's no way they could have because you, you're helping them win, and that's the bottom line. Because this is you know it's not you're not rebuilding, you're not hoping you win. This team's expected to win, and you and you've done a tremendous job. And you fit in perfectly with that group, right? You know, and the, and the nice thing is they've all been in where you've been, right? It's it's not easy coming up, and then once you get there, and then and you're trying like heck to be a part of it and contribute and all that, and you've done that, and and. Uh, it's fun to watch, you know. And you, to Thank me, you, you look like that—that that old throwback type player, you know. <laughs> that, that you ever heard of Phil Garner or uh, Tim Foley? I've heard of Tim Foley, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Those old Pittsburgh Pirates, man. They wore the mustaches and the Foley, <laughs> yeah. Foley's nickname was Crazy Horse. Uh, Phil Garner's was uh, Scrap Iron Man. And they both middle infielders today. There he is, man, right there. <laughs> yeah, he's got to you got to do whatever you got to do to try to go out there and win, you know. And I'm I'm kind of like an old school guy. I don't need that much when it comes to like you know a new glove, cleats, and stuff like that. You know, just because why do you need all that stuff? I mean, that's not going to help you. I got a question. Compete, you know, like that. Yeah. The glove. The yeah. glove. Tell us the about the glove. glove and how you got that glove that you use. Yeah. So the place where I train out back home, about five minutes from me, I found it in the back in the loft and found. So technically, I stole it, if you will. <laughs> I mean, it was just back there for about a year, year and a half. So I was like, all right, no one's going to pick it up. And I, I like the way it looked. It, I like that old school look. And that's the way I break in gloves anyway, like the old floppy look. And so I just took it and I started using it last year during the season and I liked it. And so, and then my agent was like, oh, do you need glove? Do you need a new glove or anything? I'm like, no, nah, I mean, this works. As long as it closes and catches the ball, I, I feel like it, that's all you really need. <laughs> you know what I mean? As long as it catches it and you don't make any errors. Then what's That's what's the right. big deal? But yeah, I just found it, and then it said VUK on it, and I thought that was just someone's initials or something like that, like a dad left it. But then Hazel May tweeted out a picture of it because Wit was gonna get on me for. It. He was like, "You use this glove?" I was like, "Yeah." And then Hazel tweeted out a picture, and then uh, John Vukic's son tweeted out, "Yeah, that was my dad's glove when he played for the Phillies." And I was like, "That makes a lot of sense now." Because and then the owner of the facility texted me that night and was like. Yeah, that's Vukovic's glove. I forgot to tell you. And it was just like a funny story how it all connected. And John oh. Schneider's roommate was Vuk's son. So wow, it's, it was kind of pretty cool. Hey, that shows yeah. you some, hey, some things were meant to be. You know, when all those things line <laughs> up like that, hey, Davis, certain things are meant to be. You know, you, you, you're meant to be in the big leagues, you know. And, you know, you, you, you ran through that tough times in the minor leagues. It's just really for me. But you knew deep down inside it is, right? And nobody's giving anything to you. You know, nobody ever will. You know, and that's that's the thing about the big leagues. But you know what? You're doing a heck of a job with these guys. You've, you've helped them win some big games. You're going to you. you to do that. So uh, we appreciate you taking some time to come and join us. We're big fans. So keep up the great work and say hello to everybody. And you tell Pete Walker, hey, Pete, you just take care of the pitching. Don't you worry about me. <laughs> he said that to me. Actually, the yesterday's game, I was obviously I was on the bench, but he was like, all right, big day for you. Just in case, in case you get up, we're all counting on you. And like he, he's just been doing it the whole time, which is funny. Just for, and at this point, it's kind of a joke now. But uh, you know, it uh, puts confidence beautiful. in me more. So like, uh, there's a lot of good guys around around this club. So yeah, it really is. Yeah. Well, listen, hey, best of luck. Keep up Thank the good you. work, man. You know what? Appreciate it. All right, pal. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Thank, Thank you. you. That wraps up another gabbing with Gibby, and wow. I mean, what a great kid. What a great kid Davis is. 
Yeah, you know what, John? He's he very mature. You know, he's got to, he's got to figure it out. Uh, you know, he, he he was a 28th round pick, so yeah, yeah, he's going to get an opportunity, but he's not going to get what most guys get, right? The higher the higher picks. And then he, you know, then he got to that point in his career where he thought, was this even worth it? Am I going to get that shot? But you know, he made the right decision. But you can just 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 listen to him talk. Listen to him talk. He's got to figure it out. Yeah, you know, and, and he got to the big leagues, and he's now he's being productive. Now now he's getting thrown into a tough role too. You know, that part time player, mainly focusing on facing the left handed pitchers. So that's not easy. Usually those roles are saved uh, for the those seasoned veteran guys that just, you know, hit lefties their whole career, right? Uh, but he, he's, uh, he's level-headed. He's tough. He's a Jersey boy, man. You know he's tough. You know, he's South like a boss. Jersey. Right? South Jersey yeah, guy. Yeah. And, and old school. He just reminds me of an old school guy. He really does. Yeah, I, I, I agree. You know, it's funny because in the, the – the, the way he played the middle infield, you, you'd expect him to be like them old timers, man, where they where they they go in second base or they 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 get knocked down by those you know the base runners and all that. But the guy he mentioned, Chase Utley, one of his uh, favorites there with the Phillies. Yeah. Heck, they Chase Utley ruined it for all them old time players, man. They got the Chase Utley rule That's when right. he when he hit the yeah. So um, anyway, I remember that very well. I guess, oh, that's right. Uh, I yeah, Ruben Tejada. That was uh, that was not pretty. Uh, but um, anyway, um, Gibby, inspired by our friends at Miller Lite, it is going to be time for this week's roast and toast. Um, I know you always talk about not having you know the the most uh, long career as far as a player goes, but you did have your first hit, and I think it was against the Expos. Did you keep that first hit, the ball, from your first hit in the majors? Yes, I did, but I got to tell you, I'm not so sure I know where it is now. <laughs> I better remember, Johnny. There weren't many, there weren't many of those hits that came, but that's obviously that's the you know you get to the big leagues. That's that's your first goal. I got to get when I get to the big. Now I got to get my first knock if you're a position player, right? Yeah, it's and, a big uh, deal. Yeah, it is. In the you know the. the he had that crazy thing that happened in St. Louis, but you know it's it's uh it's kind of like say you know here's your trophy I, I've made it and uh, you know everybody on the field even the, the teams you're playing against everybody celebrates it because you know every one of those guys was there one time too. Yeah, well, it happened in St. Louis. I mean, uh, obviously, when a player reaches the majors, it's a big deal. You want that baseball. This past Friday, the Cardinals brought up their top uh, top prospect, Mason Wynn. Made his major league debut, his second at bat. He rolls one, a little uh, chopper down to third base. He beats it out. He gets his first major league hit. New York Mets first baseman, Pete Alonso, when told by the umpire that the ball was coming out of play, he promptly flung it into the crowd. I mean, he he wailed it just like it just – he just launched it into the crowd and immediately – Everybody got on him. The ball players, the, the St. Louis Cardinals in the in the dugout, especially the pitcher Miles Michaelis, they were screaming at him. The fans were booing like crazy. And here's a here's a kid standing at first base is like he didn't know what was going on. Uh, so anyway, I mean that incensed many of the players, the fans. Uh, they got on Alonzo's case of. Uh, he eventually, when eventually got the ball, they had to send security to find it. 
uh, and some young lady had got it and caught it, and she she had a hard bargain negotiating autograph ball, autograph bat, autograph cap, uh, and eventually uh, he got the ball back. And for the blunder, uh, we got a we got to roast New York Mets first baseman Pete Alonso, who tried to make good on it because the next day he brought win a bottle of nineteen forty two tequila and a personally autographed Pete Alonso bat. But we still have to roast him. So, so he's assuming that kid wants Pete Alonso's autograph on a bat, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I, I found that a little odd. <laughs> hey, you know what? Uh, hey, if I'm doing it in St. Louis for anything, something's wrong. You know what? A home team or visiting team. So, but that's kind of a ritual. You know, they get the ball and they throw it out. And he obviously he wasn't aware of it. Or either that or New York has just really rubbed off on him. And now he's a true New Yorker, right? <laughs> <He's> <laughs> Hope that's not the case with me. Uh, <laughs> honest mistake, but it got a lot of press and a lot of people were very incensed over it. But uh, hey, listen, he got the ball. Uh, that's all that counts. He got his first major league knock and he gets the ball to give to his mama. So that's kind of cool. Uh, but we got somebody to toast this week. And uh, I tell you, uh, what a performance this week by Mariners Julio Rodriguez, who broke a major league record set in 1925 by Milt Stock of the Brooklyn Robins. What did J-Rod do to break this record? He went 17 for 22 last week, four for six Wednesday with a double, two RBIs, two stolen bases, five for five Thursday, home run, double, five RBIs. Friday, four for five, homer, RBI, two stolen bases, Finished up the tear on Saturday, four for six. For this, John, I guess you have to agree with me on this one, too. Julio Rodriguez gets the toast of the week. What a week. Oh, gosh. What a month. You know, there was the, uh, yeah, I tell you what, for crying out loud, though, uh, where's, where's Chapman getting on the manager? Why are you pitching these guys? You know, like, what are they, I mean, they just kept coming at him. If there's ever a time a guy's, uh, you know, wearing you out. Uh, yeah. No, you know, I tell you what, uh, he made it look easy, but we all know how, how difficult that is, right? Yeah. Uh, just, uh, but you know, he's 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 one of the top players in the game. Got off to a slow start. You know, the Blue Jays fans are well aware of him, right? Because you know he's Seattle Mariners; they got that little thing going. But um, he's finishing strong. He's the key guy. You know, you know they got a, they got they got tremendous pitch in Seattle. They got a solid lineup. But they're going to, you know, the teams now, I'm sure, are going to, if they're smart, they'll start uh, being aware of where he's in the lineup. And, they, it, you know, he's a guy that you might try to stay away from if you can, you know. But, yeah, that's uh, that record will last a while, I think. Yeah, that was an amazing, amazing week for, uh, for Julio Rodriguez. Uh, we'll have another Roast and Toast inspired by our friends at Miller Lite here next week. And, Gibby, that'll wrap up. This week's edition of the Gibby Show for John Gibbons. This is John Arezzi. We'll talk more baseball with you with you next week right here. Have a great week, everybody, and go Blue Jays. <laughs> <laughs>